Hey everybody, my name is Emma Pashi and I'm the host of Albs in America, which is my podcast dedicated to the stories and struggles of Albanian diaspora in the USA. This podcast also touches topics of cultural identity, gender, navigating life in the Western world, and overall for me personally, just growing up as a first generation American and a girl in modern society. On today's episode, which is actually the podcast debut, I'm joined with my mother um, and I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. My name is Mirietta Pashi. I am Emma's mom, indeed. Um, and we will actually be discussing the subject of femininity and the struggles that modern women go through in both countries, which is a very broad topic, but I will try to delve deeper into specific aspects of it, which leads me into my first question, which is for my lovely mother. And that is the question of what was it like growing up as a girl in Albania? Growing up as a girl in Albania, I want to say that it was pretty simple. Uh, the society that I grew up in, along with my family, had pretty much established my role in that society. So I was born and raised and I left Albania when I was 19. And during that time in Albania, my role, my primary role was that as a student. Um, and I was seen as somebody that needed to perform really well. My second role was seen as a daughter uh, so again, all of these roles were pretty much established. You just had to follow the rules that the society had set up for you. So I don't know how much of a woman or how much exploration I did beyond those roles, if I'm explaining myself correctly. That's a very interesting subject um, or take on this subject as a whole. So do you feel that I understand you were not there very long. You moved to America at 19. But how do you feel from what you observed the impact of um, older women had on you at that point or even your mother? And just how are women treating each other in Albania? Women um, have always been, Albanian women in particular, have always been each other's biggest supporters, uh, but also um, they have also been each other's um biggest enemies well i i don't want to say enemies per se biggest critics i want to say so in that regard you were always uh, looking up to your mothers and aunts and perhaps older cousins and you um they were the figures that you didn't want to disappoint so they kind of laid the foundation for you they did expect quite a bit from you. So you had that pressure, that constant pressure that you had to be the perfect daughter, the perfect student, uh, the perfect um, the perfect girl in a society. Hence, you had to abide by whatever rules um, they had laid out for you. Yeah, and I think, I mean, for me personally, it's a lot different being raised in America. But I think um, discussing things with like older Albanian women, there's a lot of weight into those conversations because they so heavily emphasize like you have these opportunities and you need to take these opportunities as if you will die if you don't take the fullest advantage truly because they did not have the same opportunities as we do now and i keep reusing that Co word correct uh, but another thing is that I, I do think that a lot of older albanian women uh they did not reach their full potential so vicariously they were trying to live through their daughters Hence, uh, another reason why they were so um, so hard on their daughters, because they wanted them to do better. But also there is that cultural aspect. At least things have changed significantly since I've left. Uh, but growing up, you always had to abide by these cultural rules where you had to be have really good morals because you didn't want to bring shame to the family. 
But then you were also exposed to this other factor that if you're raised by a stay-at-home mom or a mom that wasn't perhaps highly educated, they want it a lot better for their daughters. Hence where the criticism came, like you had to be the best at everything. Going on the other side of that, how do you feel that kind of that criticism could be detrimental for younger girls seeing this idea that there's this pinnacle of purity and success and education and what happens if you fail or go on the other side of that and how do you think that leads to destruction for younger women I don't know if I can speak um, to this topic as a woman, but I'm going to speak to it as a mother, as a parent. Um, what I've seen with children, um, you kind of see women in that regard. You see them as hypocrites. They're preaching essentially to things that they could never do themselves. I understand it was from a place of positivity and wanting you to do better. Uh, but going back to the topic as a parent, this is something that... I don't like to preach as a parent. I much rather think that my children can follow a good example, not my example, but a, a positive example by me setting and establishing that role. And a lot of these women, uh, this is where uh, the big uh, disconnect came in. They were preaching it, but they weren't practicing it. So a lot of the younger generation had to go out there and truly uh, pave a new path for their futures. I really like that topic. And going into this younger generation, that leads me to my next question, which is actually about modern society, specifically bringing it back to the U.S. <clears throat> and media in the U.S., because as we've seen through TikTok and other social media platforms, how impactful social media in a, is on our society. How do you feel that Western media is impactful to both women here, but throughout the world as well, because we've seen how suffocating it is? So, yeah. Um, well, seeing it from your perspective where you're being overwhelmed with information, I can understand how you don't see it as a positive thing. Uh, personally, I do believe that uh, social media has had its positive attributes, especially when we consider how much information we share with each other. So I don't want to get off topic, but we talk about sexual abuse or uh, even physical abuse. And a lot of times people that are in these abused relationships or situations, they cannot identify them because that's all that they have known. But now that we're hearing stories and we're sharing stories with each other, uh, women have been able to come forward and actually uh, feel that they have a voice. They can share what is going on with them. Um, however, what I wanted to say um, in regards to feminism and um, when, it, when you compare the Albanian culture with the American culture, there are no set rules when it comes to feminism. And like the saying says, uh, when in Rome, uh, what I'm trying to say is that if the whole world was universal and we all had the same rules, we all had the same uh, cultural traits that we followed, the world would be as one. But as we know, the world is very colorful when it comes to practices, cultures. Um, hence, you have Albania with its attributes and then you have the U.S. with its own uh, distinctive, um, distinctive approaches towards feminism. So again, as it goes to uh, social media and TikTok, um, every time that you go to the extremes of something, it's never good enough, regardless of what that is. However, if you find that happy medium, if you use it, if you use it as a tool to enhance and bring up women, I think it can be positive. Uh, as a woman, I tend to think that I am feminist. However, one thing that I've seen the social media kind of destroy is the role of the man 
in the family. And I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash from this. But in order to be a true feminist, you need to be supported by the men in your family. So what I have seen as a negative aspect of social media is how we are trying to take away the role of the man, of the father, of the spouse, of the husband, and pretty much taking them out of the family unit as if they're not important enough, is as if they're not supporting us to actually be a better woman, you know, be a better wife, be a better mother, be a better contributor to our society. Um, I think I can agree with you on that, but it also comes from a place of having supportive men in your life because I do understand that there's a point of, like, social media destroying this idea of, um, like, I guess, I don't know how to explain it. This idea with like very chronically online ideologies that are like, oh, men suck and stuff. And that destroys this idea that younger girls um, internalize and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't need men in my life at all. As if they're not functioning members of society as well. Um, But for me personally, the way I see like the way I focus on social media and obviously you brought up very valid points when it comes to awareness on certain subjects. For me personally, especially being younger and seeing all these like beauty standards that are exploited and like just shoved down your throat on social media um, is very counterproductive to our growth and development. And what I've seen in Albanian media as well is it emulates these very hypersexual aspects of American media to try and westernize the country as a whole. Correct. So you have things that don't really fit into the society. And then on TV, you see all these young girls that are like getting plastic surgery and dressing very provocatively for some sort of attention that is really just catered to Western society and culture, in my opinion. So in your generation, because you're still a very young girl in high school, uh, social media has been very prominent uh, in your existence and in your upbringing. It has been a part of it. However, you also have to understand that this over-sexualizing of women um, has been going on in the media, especially in the Western media, for decades, even though we didn't have um, we didn't have social media, we had catalogs, we had posters, um, we had magazines, and they always featured a type of woman. Which kind of brings me back to uh, brings me to the point where we kind of create this idea of what a sex symbol is, what a beautiful woman is, and. N- not everybody is going to fit into that stereotype. And then, of course, you're dealing with a body image, which, of course, is going to lead to plastic surgery and enhanced beauty procedures just so people can fit into that category. And it's detrimental to um, the mental state of someone having to accept themselves for who they are because a lot of uh, young people who are very impressionable are not understanding that behind all of this, they do not care about the beauty standards. What they create are creating is a clientele, an ongoing clientele that not only is going to need a beauty procedure, but is also going to need upkeep. Especially, think about it this way. If you're very young and you're getting started on beauty procedures, imagine the upkeep to the beauty procedure until you're a much older woman. And if you're having issues with your self-image and yourself at a very young age... Um, It's going to get worse. Absolutely. You're going to get wrinkles. You're going to get gray hairs. You're going to gain a few pounds. It's just part of the process. It's part of life and there is nothing wrong with it. But unfortunately, again, these are not beauty standards. These are all um, essentially made up. These are business procedures, for lack of better words, made up to profit from.
also specifically on the note of um, how like certain people don't fit into these beauty standards, that brings back the differences between Albanian culture and the U.S. because these ideologies and specifically Western beauty standards are being shoved down the throats of Albanian girls, especially younger girls. And I've seen, we've both seen, we've talked about this before, girls at like 15, 14, 15, even younger sometimes are getting plastic surgery and these procedures done back in Albania um, because they don't look like these Western beauty standards. They have very different features. And that's why it's very difficult to try and make this like a universal idea. I stapled that together. I can tell you. <laughs> Um, because, sorry, that was just something sidetracked. Um, just because Albanian girls are never going to look like this Western idea of beauty. And so, you know, their bodies are different because of the region they're from and their faces and their bone structure and their noses. So to be able to fit this, you have to change everything about yourself for something that doesn't even need to exist in your life at all. But I guess it's very prevalent still. It is. And I do think that a lot of it is internal. So I don't think you and I can talk uh, on the subject because uh, as teenagers, um, people go through a lot of changes. So that alone, we're going to leave it that it's a lot of internal struggles and being exposed to certain images on the media definitely do not help. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know. For me personally, growing up in this time right now, I try to stay off social media as much as possible. And obviously it's very difficult too because everybody you know is on social media. So it's almost like you're missing a certain aspect of your life. But when you take a step back, you realize that like, this is not real. Like it doesn't really exist. It's just on your phone. It's or like on whatever platform you're using, wherever it is. It's just, and it it is beneficial to uh, exposure and understanding a lot of things about society but there's a lot that goes wrong you know when you have propaganda being spread and you have these really I'm not gonna say rancid that's not the word I want to use but just kind of I don't know very strange ideologies that are plastered into certain environments where they don't fit specifically these western standards being put into and implemented in societies that they just don't work because it's two completely different cultures and although being able to connect with these different cultures and being able to share perspectives and um right just different ideas that's another struggle is the struggle of not the struggle but it's the fear of uh fitting in yeah it's very prevalent uh, when you move here from a different country or even i guess so that's not an in this case this wouldn't apply to me uh but i see a lot of children that are born here but their parents are albanian so they're faced with two different cultures they have a different culture at school which is the american culture and then they are faced with the albanian culture at home so they're constantly trying to balance the two yeah it's definitely just seeing like how do you hold on to certain aspects of your culture and be prideful but also maintain an understanding of where you're living and be proud of the fact that you're here because of generations of people that have struggled prior to you and take pride in where you are as well as where your family has come from. Um, That's kind of how I look at it and also just take advantage of all the resources available to you. Um, I don't know what else to say on that. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, It's definitely a learning. um, It's definitely something that you're learning. Uh, It's, it's not a destination that you're reaching. You're yeah. constantly working towards it. And it's always a balancing act. Because even if you're not dealing with the cultural aspects... So moving from Albania to America, um, it was pretty shocking having to adjust to that. But let me tell you right now, as a 41-year-old woman, I am constantly having to adjust to new standards 
of what our society brings up. So just having an open mind that we have to constantly evolve, I think is important. Yeah, and that brings me to something that I heard a while ago is that growth is not linear. And that can be taken into an internal level of like your personal growth, whether it comes to taking care of yourself and emphasizing how important that is. Um, but also just translating it to a societal level is, you know, society is ever changing and these aspects are constantly evolving. So how do you grow with your society and what aspects of yourself do you bring in, you know, your personal bias? Um, yeah. And I have another question which goes back to, it's kind of, we've kind of deviated from the subject altogether, but it's fine unless you have anything else. I, I think it's not meant to be a podcast unless you deviated from the topic. So I, I think we're doing good. I guess that's pretty fair. Um, but the next question that I had written down, which was kind of my final question, but I'm sure we're going to end up having more talking than this, was kind of like a reflection of um, how... Because I feel like there are a lot of patriarchal standards and ideologies that are so prevalent in in every society, but especially in Albanian society that kind of are forced onto Albanian women. But how do you think that Albanian women internalize those and how do they react to them? Kind of like, how do they become their own demise at that point? That is a great question. And I honestly think that if we can resolve... Um if we can find the answer to that question, I think we can um, get to a solution so we do not have this repetitive uh, situations where we have constant conflict among women. And this is another struggle that you hear constantly uh, about women fighting other women, either being mothers and daughters, sisters, friends, uh, in-laws, and what have you. And I do believe that this is going back to um, our conflicting roles in our society. So Albania is, um, is very small and is very big at the same time. For lack of better words, but for due to poor infrastructure, you had all of these communities from the north to the south, that if you travel from one area to another, you're going to think you're in a completely different region, even though they might be only 60, 70 miles away. You're dealing with different cultural practices and whatnot. So I do believe that Albanian women are extremely resilient and they've truly fought for their place in society. Um... I don't think that they're doing it jointly, though. I do believe that if we work together, we can overcome all of this. Uh, We need to see each other as... um, Essentially, we need to see each other as allies. We cannot see each other as, well, you're better than me, or we cannot have jealousy among each other. So we shouldn't be competing. If we saw each other as allies and we helped each other... And here's another thing that we need to realize... There is no such thing as competition. So if you and I went to the same school, completed the same degree, we're still not competing for the same thing because we aspire to do different things with our lives. Somehow, Albanian women have this notion that if we both follow the same journey, we are competing for the same thing. And we're not, not at all. So I I think that's a lot of internal acceptance that we can be different and we can still like each other and respect each other and support each other. I think that's also a result of the communist regime as well as such a heavy set masculine um society because obviously there's this idea that like equal outcome equal unjust opportunity though. of course i, I want to say that that is unjust because what i have experienced with women uh, either being my mom my aunts uh, cousins 
women could never compare to men, or I should say men could never compare to Albanian women because Albanian women are absolutely amazing. They're very hardworking. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand how men were put on a pedestal. Uh, maybe physically they're stronger than us, but I do think that Albanian women have a lot of attributes and they could be phenomenal phenomenal uh, contributing uh, members of our society. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, to put into perspective for somebody that doesn't understand much about the culture at the time, specifically under communism, which has lasted past that, Albanian men and women were all working. There was a couple cases where women were just stay at home, but majority of the time it was everybody, you know, all the adults in the family were working. But at the same time, Albanian women were expected to also raise their children and clean the house and cook and take care of their extended family because everybody lived in the same house. It wasn't just your children and your husband. It was your in-laws, your sister-in-law, your brother-in-law, cousins. Sometimes you'd have like 30 people living in a house. So the women were expected to take care of all of this, work at the same time, be presented to all of these domestic issues if it came to abuse at home or and never complain yeah and never complain never complain and still they were the lesser being theoretically correct the lesser gender Um, but i do think that a lot of the issues that i because i've seen personally a lot of internalized misogyny with older albanian women because they did not have those opportunities themselves and sometimes they get jealous and they see you as competition even though you're two generations away from them you're raised in a completely different country for me personally like if i talk to some older albanian women and i understand like it's not their fault because of just the environment that they have presented in that women are their competition because of the way that the men that had control over their society had made it out to be so they see you as competition whether it's for you know looks being younger than them the fact that you have these new opportunities to work and go to school and be independent Sometimes that becomes a struggle, and it's very unfortunate because seeing these Albanian women and seeing all of that they could have amounted to and the fact that they didn't because they didn't have the opportunities is upsetting. But like you said, I wish that we could just come together as a society and instead of tearing each other down, work towards building stronger feminine roles. So I'll leave that at that. I think that's a good takeaway. All right. Do you have anything else to add? No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I mean, you live with me, so... Well, it's been a pleasure being your first guest. I feel honored. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, Thank you, guys, whoever's watching this or listening. Thank you very much for joining in. I hope to see you again on my next episode, which I have not decided yet. Um, So, yeah. Goodbye.